welcome to this Let's Talk episode of the Average Gamers podcast. Uh, on this particular episode, we're gonna we're gonna loosen the shackles a little bit. Normally, we're we're quite self conscious to not go down the uh, the Warhammer route because you know we, we we have a tendency to ramble. But tonight we are weapons free. We are going full bore on 40k because let's be honest, it is one of our sort of earliest forays into the tabletop gaming world. So why shouldn't we talk about it? You know, we are the average gamers. Average gamers play 40k. So <laughs> here we go. What kind of brought you guys in? Why don't we start with you, Adam? Where where was your first steps into 40k? Well, what a question. So I guess going back many a year, um <laughs> I I got into the hobby when I was about 12, 13. I think I bought a <laughs> the my original purchase was a pack of like uh, I always go back to this. It's about four or five quid it cost me getting into the toy shop and I bought a pack of these like Warhammer Fantasy skeletons. Um, and they were all like monopose or like they were the most basic models you could you could possibly assemble but i think i um i bought this pack of skeletons and i ended up for a while just just like i built them and i played with them alongside like i had like playmobile island and stuff when i was a kid and i was like <laughs> i'll just bring that out and put them around the island some cracking terrain <laughs> yeah yeah but you know um i think when I when I when I really got into it, it was my um, I was in year six, so I must have been about ten, eleven actually, and that's when third edition came out because I my parents got me for my birthday the um, it was like the Ultramarine starter set or the the Space Marine starter set, so you had the like a, a squad of tactical marines, a land speeder, some Terminators. Um, Oh, like the Battle Force, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Battle Force, I think that's what it was. Um, but I was so young that I wasn't going to be able to paint it anyway. So this is maybe where my painting issue starts. Um, my mum actually painted it all for me and gave it to me as a present. And I was like, oh, great. Oh, the truth comes actually did a pretty that, good job that, of it. That's, <laughs> no, that's epic. Maybe this though. is my whole problem. Yeah. It's like childhood trauma or something, isn't it? It's like I've never really recovered. I just assumed when I buy models, someone would turn up and paint them for me. Um, but um, you, you know I, that that's where where my love of the hobby kind of grown from. I, I joined a club, um, is where I met Lee, um, and I collected a number of different things over the years. So I had a, a, a fondness for chaos. So I had a chaos space marine force. I had an alpha legion. Um, I do you remember which, that? For those of you who don't know, they're, they're kind of like um, standard chaos space marines, but they all infiltrate, so they get really up close to the enemy, and you just start really close to them and you can blow them away with your weapons Sneaky and I had a demon prince with, i had a demon prince which was pretty cool and he had wings so I, I did play other parts of warhammer so i played warhammer fantasy for a while i had some high elves um but i kind of fell out of the hobby and only really dipped in now and again playing with lee in little 500 point tournaments now and again that we go to pretty casual things um and then I, I I dropped after uni, I kind of dropped back into the hobby. I actually bought a Necron Force around fifth, sixth edition, um, realized how overpowered they were, and then decided actually this game isn't, I wasn't enjoying the game. I was just putting stuff on the table, shooting stuff and taking it off. And it was just like, um, it was not fun. Maybe it was the fact that it was very polarizing. I thought I would do really well, or I think I ended up playing John, um, 
one of our f- um, old acquaintances from the um, from the club Lee, mm. and I, re- I remember telling him about kind of what I was taking, and he just turned up with some Imperial Guard psychers and actually destroyed my. Um, oh, he did, didn't he? I remember <laughs> that. Yeah, my big blob of Necrons. So yeah, that was um, a dick I move. sold all of their Necrons, got rid of them, um, and we played a lot of Infinity for a number of years after that. Um, but you know, come to, come to present day, I think. 40k's had a bit of a resurgence in our in our group and in general i think it's it's gone through a bit of a resurgence but i think we'll get on to that um but you know with, with its more objective based gameplay i found kind of myself coming back into it as well as the fantastic looking models they definitely stepped up their game in the last um couple of years but how about yourself darren how did you get into kind of 40k you, you you've probably got a more seasoned history than i have with the uh with the game <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, it was quite a long time ago that I started playing uh, Warhammer and actually got into it by finding White Dwarfs in the school library and just picking them up. Oh, you read? Yeah, I just didn't know you what they were. You went to the school library, well, you to, 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 <laughs> They even had them available <laughs> to, in your school know, library. It's a great library. Yeah. There's loads of them. And I, it was just, they went really far back, actually. And I was just like, had no idea what it really was. Like, didn't really get that what's what it was trying to sell really it was just like really cool models with lots of background and some rules that didn't really make any sense to me at the time but i really enjoyed it anyway and then stumbled upon games workshop in the town that i lived in and then had a demo game really enjoyed that and for my 12th birthday got the second edition 40k starter box with the the goth orcs and gretchen versus space marines um, and the cardboard which, dreadnoughts. And the cardboard dreadnoughts. What a classic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was so much cardboard back then, actually. Like, every vehicle had a data sheet that was cardboard, and every psychic power had a cardboard or a bit of, like, a, a card. And, yeah, deck of cards for your warps. Oh, Dark Millennium, yeah. 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 Your spells, you had to, like, yeah, random stuff all over the place as well. But really, really, in det- really, really detailed law at the time like it really went into a lot of detail in second edition and lots to get into uh really enjoyed that got my brother into it uh we played tons of the start set between the two of us and then we started going to the store to play in the sort of participation games where you just sort of brought a unit and they then you sort of built up a force from that um and um spent a lot of time painting actually as well um just um, over most, quite spent quite a lot of time over my summer holidays painting rather than being outside, which probably was a bad thing in hindsight, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> Vitamin D deficiency. Yeah, yeah. yeah you grow that like uh, third, third arm down. That's why you've got that third arm. Uh, That's why you love jeans to your cult so much. <laughs> possibly. Uh, so, um, yeah, I. Um, yeah, we got going to that way. Um, initially, actually, we were playing a lot more fantasy. After we initially got into like forty k, we switched over to fantasy for quite a while, and went to my first grand tournament when I was fifteen. Had to be chaperoned by my dad because uh, he had to have. <laughs> <laughs> I, bet he, I bet he loved that. Did he have uh, a little chair next to he, you? No, he went to he went to Bugs's bar and got wrecked. I've never seen him that drunk. <laughs> That's amazing. So, oh, that's, that's amazing. So, was he like, oh, this must be like coke or something? <laughs> no, no. I think he was just like, what is going on here? I'm getting drunk. So, yeah. <laughs> so sitting drinking. He's like, I've gone back. I've gone back to the medieval times. <laughs> no, fair play to him, you know. I, I think um, 
Yeah, it was quite a hilarious though because uh, we definitely were looking after him getting back to the hotel and getting him getting him in bed because <laughs> he was so easy. <laughs> but anyway, he's like, oh, I hope my son's got into football and instead I'm here watching yeah. him play yeah. in this grand tournament. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, but yeah, because we were under sixteen, we had to have an adult with us. Um, which, yeah, it was it was f- funny, really. But um, I went there with my goblin army, and I, I think I did okay. Um, so that was cool. And then yeah, we just we just went to lots of events and tournaments, and um, got into forty k again. Um, probably probably like more into like fifth edition, possibly. Um, and then uh, like like we were saying earlier, kind of similar to Adam, dropped out playing Infinity quite a lot. And then got back into 40k in ninth edition. So I think most of 7th and 8th just passed me by and didn't really pay attention to it. Um, it was quite fun coming back to it though, because it's like, wow, Keen Steel Cult are now a thing. That in 2nd edition, that was like in your jur- the journal that they released, like limousine rules in that with other sort of wonky kind of rules i think i had that issue of the oh, journal yeah. actually yeah <laughs> yeah i think well, so it, it is weird actually looking at the kind of their design direction at the moment because it seems like they're going back to a lot of that untapped material mm. or, or mm. material that's probably you know with the recent resurgence of um squats yeah. or uh, how what are they called now? The the like leagues of Votan or something? Oh, that's it. Leagues of Votan or something. I mean, mm. it, it, coming um, from if I look, think about back to second edition, things like playing a whole Admech army, playing a whole Keen Steel Cult, a whole Harlequin. Those were like things that you did um, as conversion hobby projects. You know that they would have rules in this sort of occasional magazine or something like that. Um, I mean, I've, actually, I think Harlequins may have had rules in Elder Codex as well, but... Um, no, they, I don't think they did. They yeah. had it in the second edition Codex Imperialis, which had the broad sort of index of everything. But okay. no, I don't think they... I had the second edition Elder Codex, and I don't remember Didn't, them being in there. Wasn't in there, okay. I could be wrong. Yeah. Anyone wants to comment and uh, correct us, of course, feel free. But um, yeah, so it was quite fun coming back to it. Go on, Lee. Go on, Lee. Yeah, t- no, tell us, tell us your, you've got an extensive history of Warhammer. Come on, Not Lee. really. I mean, I got into it through a friend. I'd, I'd gone around to a friend's house. I'd only ever played Monopoly and and stuff went as far as board games went. And they were like, oh, yeah, let's play Hero Quest. It's like, okay. Played that. We got to talking and he's like, oh, yeah, look, there's these models on the back here. And he showed me... Like, you know, it was basically the sort of Games Workshop advert type leaflet. And he said, oh, yeah, they've got them in the toy shop. Let's go. And that was where it started. And, you know, from there, I bought the second edition start set. Never got a game. Eventually discovered the club in the town I was living in, uh, which is where I met you, Adam. We played many a game of third edition with many, many opponents. Ooh, yes. You know, we're still friends with a lot of them now. You know, Steve Box of Vanguard Tactics was a, a Devizes Club veteran. Our friend Chris Rogers, he was a Devizes Club veteran. And, you know, our friend John, who we see occasionally now, you know, 20 years on, we're still gaming with them. It's, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, like my first foray into 40K, and this is what I wanted to come on to. I wanted to ask you, can you remember what your very first models were? Because mine was the, I remember it was that day after we played HeroQuest, we went into town and I spent my pocket money on a box of six multi-part Space Marines. They were the sort of early plastic ones they weren't the monopose ones. They were ones that actually had some variation in pose, but they weren't the third edition ones. They had like the head was like baked on. It was like one solid torso. 
and then you, you glued the arms on and glued them to their legs. Those are my very first Space Marine models, very first Warhammer models. They're long gone now, you know, Christ, they were shit. But like, what, what was what was your very first model? Let's start with you, Darren. Can you remember what your very first Games Workshop model was? I think um, I think actually it may have been the same as Adam, as I've, I seem to recall. Um, I got had a box of skeletons. And I had a free... The classic. The classic, yeah. the classic skeleton. Yeah, I did some cool conversions with them. I like made one have four arms and one have two heads and all sorts of uh, <laughs> funny things. Um, so, always with that gene stealer thing, four arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is not enough no, arms. He's always had it in him, right? <laughs> but, um, it would be cooler if this had more arms. Always this Darren, better. it's more arm than skeleton. <laughs> um... I, I think there may have been some toys floating around at the time, um, if I remember correctly, some sort of weird um, cartoon with uh, that sort of thing going on. Um, uh, I'll look it up, but yeah, there definitely was some, something. Some creepy anime or something. Is <laughs> no, no, something. no, 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 no. Um, but um, it's like Skeleton Warriors, something like that they were called. It was like, oh, that, yes, yeah, I remember yeah. that, yes. Um, so I think I was inspired I thought there. it was shit. Yeah, I, I don't remember <laughs> particularly liking it, but... Um, yeah, I uh, I also brought three termagants with um, spine rifles. So yeah, mm. I think that was. I think mm. I brought them both together. Cool, blimey! And how about yourself, Adam? Well, I kind of already alluded to this, but obviously I had the box of skeletons in the in the battle force. But I but I want to come back to your history, Lee, because I feel like you've not really done it okay. too much uh, right. of a service because you you have owned plenty of marine uh, marine army in your time. Like I think you've owned. So, like, you literally built your in, uh, your own legion, <laughs> your own chapter, and then yeah. I think you've gone through like several other chapters that you've done along the way. Not to mention that fascination you had with buying nine drop pods for your force. <laughs> nine drop yeah, pods. Yeah, that was so. Yeah, let, let's go back. Let's <laughs> I, go I <laughs> back in the annals yeah, let's, of let's history dig here. Into this in a bit more detail. So, my, so obviously, I discovered the club, and I had an Eldar army at the time. I had a Samhain Eldar army. Yes, you did. And I was, they looked lovely. Actually, they, thank you. Yeah, they they uh, they didn't perform for me very well on the tabletop because I wasn't a very good tactician back then. I also had a few Marines because uh, everyone had Marines, like especially with the advent of third edition, which was when I really started getting into the game side of it. I never got a game of second edition because I didn't know anyone who played. And to be honest, once you got to the combat phase, everything was like, Jesus Christ, this is like a day's worth of game to do one combat. So I kind of was like, yeah, I'll, I'll just buy the models and paint them, which is what every Wargamer says, right? <laughs> it's, oh, I'll just buy them. It's a painting project. I only want a couple. Nah, didn't happen. So yeah, I joined the club. Anyway, long story short. And yeah, I had the Eldar. Then I started to really spec into Marines. And then it was 2001, wasn't it? The first Tau Codex came out. And I remember I was quite lucky in that I was the only player at the club who got their, got the army box with the Codex. And I got it early. For some reason, Games Workshop sent it out like a month too early. So I remember rocking up to the club with this one afternoon. And everyone was like, what the hell? What? Let's have a look. And just like, you know, the the kind of attention that brought. And that was my first Tau army. Um, but what else did I have back then in, in that club? I, I definitely had the Marines. That was when my my homebrew Marine chapter began. And yeah, over the course of the next 10 years, it grew to the size that was 
you know, hitherto unknown. It was it was sort of horror terrorist. I swear you ended up buying like tw- like ten ten squads of <laughs> Terminators as well. There, so like, I had you enough. Went overboard, I, I think. did go overboard. <laughs> I, I literally I went hard into Marines. Yeah, I had like, I had like nine entire, job pods. Like you had entire you had so many different companies. I think that was your thing. Was like if I can build up the entire chapter, I think you had an entire. Um, companies worth of veterans and a company's worth of terminators or something. It, well combined it made up about a company yeah and wow. then i had the regular troops then i had a scout company essentially i could do a, a full scout army back when <laughs> those were a well. thing wow. <laughs> yeah i had nine oh drop God. pods plus a dreadnought drop pod about three or four dreadnoughts three land raiders three storm ravens i was yeah i don't know where i got the money i mean Jesus, my I don't wife. Know where is, you got the space to st- store that? <laughs> yeah, they were in, they were boxes were piled high in rooms in that flat. Um, that's yeah. God, I had those. Then I had I still had an elder army and an orc army. I had the tau. I had two tau armies back in the early two thousands. I yep. had like a blue tau army, and then a sort of dark green and uh, a teal and black one. You also had those um, that other marine army built to go to Warhammer World with oh, with your God, other... yeah, I did yeah the um. Yeah, they were called the Shadow Dragons, I think. Something it was Dragons, yeah. Yeah, it a- was like a it was a group of us. It was a, a a web forum called the Maelstrom Crew. And basically we were going it was back in fourth when I think you could create you could basically fudge it to create every single marine company in yeah. that codex. It's it's mad actually. When I look back, it's like the amount I've spent on this game is insane. <laughs> I could probably have bought a house I probably own a house by now outright. I yeah. probably would have paid off a mortgage had I not done that. Because you've obviously you're, you're quite a prolific painter, and you've been through, and you paint fantastically, by the way, as well. So, so you've gone through so many different armies. Um, but it's quite interesting because if you look at someone like Darren, for example, he's still got kind of his his classic nids. He's kind of like held on to this kind of nid army that's full of pack full of like second edition and third edition figures. Um, like, how have you? Like, why did you hold on on to them for so long, Darren? Is it like the, just the nostalgia, or what is it about those kind of older figures that kind of like that you love so much? Um, well, I would I would say that they're not the originals and that I did own. So I've gone out to eBay and rebrought basically everything because, but most of my stuff between university, um, basically before university, pretty much everything got chucked in the garage and torn apart and oh, wow. don't know really where it ended up. Probably Craig has it somewhere, my brother, but, um, you know, um, so, um, yeah, revisiting Tyrannos was more of a army that I really wanted to do whilst growing up, but couldn't really afford to because they're a super expensive metal army and just wanted to get back into it. And I really, really like the models. So I started collecting them like many, many years ago now. And, um, yeah, just I, I really like that classic look. I, I also like adding some of the newer stuff because it's it's like a great range in some ways. Like um, some of the new stuff is just better, but the old stuff has a real classic look that I prefer. And um, so I look, and they look quite good mixed together. I think they're a very good army in that regards because if you mix maybe like an older Space Marine in a new Space Marine army, you'll probably end up with a Space Marine, let's say an old Space Marine lieutenant, probably a foot shorter than anyone else. <laughs> it doesn't really look as good. You know, he's not very, maybe, you know, but um, Tyrannids, because they have, they look so different, as long as they've got six limbs, 
they're normally good to go. <laughs> it's biodiversity. Well, it's, it's, quite, yeah. no, it's quite interesting you say that because obviously, you know, some of the conversions that you've done are like superb. Like the, um, is it the Turvagon that's got the like screamer killer yeah, top yeah, half yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you've done some really, really superb conversions with all of the kind of like bits and pieces that you've picked up. I them. converted um, the first edition tri- plas- warriors, the plastic ones, um, into Hive Guard as well, which um, everyone loves. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's nice, it's nice to do stuff like that. Like I really was into sculpting. Um, I, I don't do it as much now cause I, I think it's like just a time thing, but, um, like I sculpted my own tree man back in the day when I play, was playing with wood elves, you know, it was sort of like models like that, which you can be like, okay, I can for about four pound, I can sculpt my own one. Brilliant. When you're like 18, um, and um yeah with Tyrannis I did quite a few conversions uh with green stuff as well which is actually quite a fun part of the hobby which I would quite like to revisit at some point but just probably like a one-off sculpting mm. project rather than for an army <laughs> but um because they're just quite large now it's not like I think with the number of models you need to play a game it's it's just trying to um I suppose not get too obsessed with each model and just get stuff knocked out is is more important um if i'm honest yeah definitely <laughs> definitely agree with that i mean you, you're talking about revisiting stuff is is a very good segue into my sort of next big question so it's fair to say we all like like we've all mentioned we all kind of lost touch with 40k uh in the sort of last maybe eight years or so and only really in the last 18 months have we all kind of dived back in and, and Jay included, unfortunately he's, he's had some technical issues. He can't join us, but we've all kind of jumped back into 40 K with a plum in the last, you know, lockdown uh, aside, I think we've all kind of been uh, not renewed, but we've, we've kind of had our interest peaked again by games workshop. I just wondered uh, from your guys point of view, like what was it that brought you back in? What, what really pulled you in? So let's start with you, Adam. What, what was it that kind of really grabbed you and made you want to jump back into that game that we used to play when we were kids? Yeah. So I guess, I, so, so just so I understand your question, it's kind of like 40 K what, why the resurgence now? Um, well, why have you specifically in, come back to it? rather than like why have okay. they had a resurgence but so I, I guess for me gaming has always been kind of that there's yeah I, I always I sometimes get into the kind of topic of gamification and the four different types of fun for me um how I get my fun I really like that kind of like hard fun which is kind of like the the strategy, the thinking behind 40k, hard, hard fun. but also hard fun. Well, no, that's what's called hard fun. Oh, I, I, I wish Jay was like, here. Yeah. Hard yeah, he'd have been all hard over fun that one. Social fun. Um, so, but the social and, and the social part was a big draw for me. So, um, I got back into 40k slightly later than I think the the two of you did. But I I noticed that within the group of friends that we have, a number of different people were actively picking up the game again purchasing armies and kind of playing more of it and i guess from my perspective i was like hey you know i i I like to play games with my friends so why not you know pick up a a a force and get back into the hobby so i i did i did a bit of research i i you know was that's the kind of time ninth edition was announced and started to get leaks i think we saw the space marine codex come out and a few of the other like main codices got updated um and I was interested. It definitely the the talk of it being more of a, an objective based game, rather than just stick your models on the table and shoot everyone to you know. And who has the biggest guns kind of wins. 
um, it felt like it was more more of a tactical game, which having spent a number of years playing Infinity is something that I really, you know, came accustomed to when I when I play a tabletop game. Like I don't want to win just by blowing, you know, the the opponent's force off the table. I want to think about, you know, how do I score these objectives? How can I move my pieces around to win a game not by necessarily having overwhelming firepower or being the best in combat but just about think about how i position my units around and kind of having that to and fro and 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 playing and playing games with friends like you know i've i've played infinity a lot on in the tournament scene i just wanted something that i could pick up and play casually with my with my friends um so that was really kind of why i got back into it um when it came to well maybe we'll come on to this but when i came to kind of picking which force to start with uh when i came back into the hobby it was definitely the eldar that i've kind of dabbled with in the past but it's the variety of the kind of aspect warriors having the kind of the howling banshees and the fire dragons and all their very unique styling that still is kind of testament to the kind of the the design work that I think Jez, Jez Goodwin did back in the day, right? Is it, it still carries through to the models that they're producing today. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that's kind of where I got back into it. So to sum you up there, sorry, before before Darren jumps in, yeah, sure. peer pressure. Peer pressure, yeah, yeah, it could be that FOMO. I was like, wait, I want to play models with my friends, and then I'd invite me over to play. I need to buy some Warhammer. Sorry, Darren, I, I jumped right over you there. Carry on. There you go. It was worth it. So um, I, I actually think a lot of it came down to over lockdown, I painted so much stuff, and I was painting Bushido and actually played a lot of Bushido online. Um, and that was really great. But I was also watching a lot of 40k bar reports. So I was seeing um, a very big change in the way that Games Workshop were communicating, which I liked. Um, I saw games being much more tactical and interesting, and although more complex, in my opinion. I think Knife Edition's got some real complexity to it, and rules, and especially the codexes, uh, which does mean that you can buy one army and can be totally happy with it, which is really cool but does mean trying to keep up with what's coming out is quite tough. Um, so, yeah, if you want like a good level of understanding of each codex, I think there's a lot to understand each codex. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. If you really want to go deep, yeah, you've, you've got to spend big. You've got to open your wallet. Well, it's just it's just spending time, I think. Like, I actually have this really good channel that um, he basically does 15-minute reviews of what do you need to know about X Army, is brilliant because so you don't have oh, to have the Sandman. That's it. Yeah, that's the guy. He's so good. Yeah, and he actually had a video where it explains fight first, fight normal, and fight last. Because my god, I wish we had initiative values. Because <laughs> it's like yeah, make, it would make a lot more sense, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like wow, you <laughs> thought this would make it easier, but it's like this is it isn't. Uh, no, it is super complicated. Just get initiative values back. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but anyway, that aside. <laughs> Um, do you know what I completely forgot that initiative used to be something yeah, used to be a stat as, as a stat the yeah, models had yeah. you could charge and then get cut down before you even got a chance to fight uh, well for, if, you, if, if, you, if, if, if you go back far enough in Rogue Trader you also had things like cool and intelligence as well as leadership so cool. <laughs> what a stat line yeah, cool, yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, 
Anyway, everyone's was zero if you were playing Rogue mm. Trader <laughs> 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 to the outside world. I mean, <laughs> actually, uh, uh, Ash Barker does do Rogue Trader uh, battle reports and he does like second edition ones, which are really great. And then you you start watching it and going, yeah, second edition was really really complicated and slow. Ten <laughs> hours long, yeah, and yeah. it's two turns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, back back to the point, I suppose. Um, what was the point again? <laughs> I can't remember. What brought you back? Yeah, what, what brought, brought you back, back in? Um, so, by the sounds of it, Darren just forgot and just what meandered <laughs> yeah, into yeah. it. It's like, oh, Darren, Darren never left. Again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never left. That was his thing. I, I think um, I basically wanted something different to paint, as well as painting individual models, which Bushido is really fantastic for, and. Um, I think mostly because at the start of the new edition, Necrons were really readily available and I had an army that one of the few armies I've ever sold in my life uh, was my Necrons. So I was like really keen to revisit them and to rebuild that army. Uh, Admittedly, it doesn't have the conversions it used to have, but um, it's still, you know, painted up in a similar colour scheme and, you know, kind of made me... Um, appreciate the fact that I kind of got it back in a way. <laughs> it's though, nowhere near as obnoxious as, as the fifth edition Necrons no, that you did have well, in terms m- of the way they play. They were horrid, those m- rules. M- much like Adam, I actually ended up selling it in a way because of the rules, because I was getting to the point where it's just like, this is not even fun to play with anymore because it was obnoxiously good. And I was going to events. I was, you know, a competitive player in a sense at the time, although um never been, never never wanted to be that player if you know what I mean I rather I normally took weaker list two events to try and see how good I could do with them um and played with Niz quite a lot doing that um well, I probably should have just kept the Necrons <laughs> that side <laughs> <laughs> that side um <laughs> go on then Lee I guess it's like we haven't heard from Lee yet so maybe we should hear from Lee and what brought him back into the hobby or back um, into 40k I'm as it pinpoint, were. I've been I've been racking my brain over this and I've been trying to pinpoint the exact moment. I think what did it was like like you guys have said, we were playing a lot of Infinity between sort of 2013 to 2017, I guess for me. We were playing a lot of Infinity. And I'd kind of burnt out a bit on that, but I still wanted to paint and stuff. And there was a magazine, it was like one of those Hatchet Partworks magazines came out. Eighth edition was a thing at the time. And like I'd kind of I'd always maintained a bit of a sort of I'd always kept my eye on GW, but I'd never really dove back in. And then they announced a version of Kill Team, and I thought, oh, I'll pick up five models for that. I did that. That was nice and fun to paint. And then a friend of mine who I work with and worked with at the time and now game with quite regularly, he he was like, Oh, those are cool. What are those? And then from there he started buying in. And he bought a lot of models, but we didn't play because we were like, we'd heard the rumours of Ninth. So we said, right, let's give it, let's wait for Ninth to come out and then really jump in. And so that's kind of what did it. So actually it was, it was quite weird. It was, it wasn't anyone in our group that brought me in. I know Jay had sort of been playing on and off eighth edition and, but that was about it. There wasn't really much 40k in our group at the time. And then, yeah, my friend, my friend Dave suddenly was like, yeah, I really want to give this a go. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll jump back in with you. And then, yeah, from there, we all kind of ended up jumping back in, which is, is quite cool. I think I think, I think think you were probably in already at that point, Darren, but 
yeah, that that's what really brought me back was actually a friend outside of our group, which is very very odd actually thinking about it. But I, w- I would also yeah, say there you go. one of the reasons I have appreciated coming back is that it there are a lot of friends in like in my past that I still keep in contact with through forty k. So falling out of forty k was mm. is almost a bit like not alienating, but kind of not being it's not as easy maybe to catch up with certain people. And that, that's been something that's been quite nice about it because it's such a good community of players, um, particularly the ones that I grew up mm. with, you know, and it's, that's been really fun. Yeah, yeah, I agree, actually. Yeah, like, like I said earlier, you know, the, the, some of the people we've known the longest, some of my longest standing friends have all been through gaming. You know, I've got, I've got people I game with now that, you know... Do we have that much in common outside of gaming? Well, probably just by virtue of, of the way our personalities are. But I mean, you imagine I wouldn't have met certain people or wouldn't know, I wouldn't hang out with certain people now if we didn't have gaming in common. It's, it's quite a, it's a nice thing to have in common, I think. It's very much a social thing. I've, t- I've taken a so, hint. I've taken a hint, Lee. So basically, I've got to keep playing forty k, whether I like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> like all no, that, Otherwise, otherwise, you're dead yeah, to him. Unfriended <laughs> in an instant. <laughs> For any of my friends watching, uh, listening, who don't play forty k, it's not like that. <laughs> but um, okay, so. What what is it then? Let, let's 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 dive a little bit deeper here. What is it specifically about forty k that that really grabs you? Because that, that that's the thing, right? It's like certain other game systems. There are plenty of other game systems out there, but none of them have such a, a huge following. And like you know, what what do you think keeps you interested in it? Is it you know? Is it the lore? Is it the is it the models? Is it the the whole all encompassing? You know, you can you can literally one stop hobby shop. At a games workshop or with games workshop products you know what, what what is it do you think and let's start with you adam what what do you think it is that why has it got such a, a big appeal to you yeah it's an interesting one it's an interesting question i guess um it, it is the most i'd say accessible um war game miniatures game out there because of how far-reaching games workshop are i mean and you've definitely seen it over the last uh, few years they've definitely stepped up the kind of pr machine and their kind of marketing game mm. um they've they've done a lot of rebranding a lot of rework um i think if you look at the communities everywhere you look there's people talking about warhammer <laughs> the, there's no there's no shortage of content which is which is always good because being a gamer you tend to want to just consume as much content as possible all the time or at least i do anyway but yeah i guess um it's been great i think darren mentioned over the last couple of years um just watching things like the, the you know the youtube content that people have been producing and some of the battle reports they're great to kind of watch and listen to how other people are playing the game and enjoying the hobby um but i think yeah, i alluded to it earlier as well um with you know my selection of the eldar that we'll come on to in a bit or eldari as i should probably say now <laughs> as they've been, Coffee, right? they've yeah. been rebranded like everything everything else um the amount of effort that went into concept design at the start and universe setting really makes it in it an engaging experience and i think someone did a youtube video on this like it's it's kind of um i can't remember who who did it but they were saying like it's so far in the future that you can kind of 
you could it can be batshit crazy mm. and kind of be this kind of dystopian you know apocalyptic view of what the future looks like and you know it nothing needs to be real it's so far in the future it doesn't have to be believable it's not like infinity is like a couple of hundred years in the future i think it's not too far from where we are today or like forty thousand years is a long time if you look at it from a timeline perspective so it's so far in the future and like the universe has crumbled and what have we got better to do with our time than to blow each other up with las guns and <laughs> you know bolt guns and rip each other to shreds with claws and whatever but i think it's it's the this the whole universe like each faction feels really distinct in terms of aesthetic design which i love like you can tell marines from a mile off on a table versus a tyranid horde versus an eldar kind of like army and i think that's what i like the most about it like if you if you look at something like infinity you'd have to get up pretty close to tell the models apart because there's a lot of human factions that if they were painted in the same scheme they'd all look pretty similar um you know there are some distinctive models i'm not going to say that there aren't but i think with in particular 40k has such a defined aesthetic for all of its different factions which is really refreshing and i think players will find something that they naturally gravitate towards as that kind of design choice darren liking four things arms. with more than four <laughs> four arms and you know me liking the poncy elves that um everyone seems to hate <laughs> and lee liking his like gray marines yeah <laughs> gray by choice not not by the, the by virtue choice. of their plastic like they were painted gray <laughs> we'll go around in a different order so 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 why what what makes kind of what why 40k for you then lee what what makes it kind of unique and what makes it interesting for you that's a good question so <sighs> I know, I know it's a good question because I asked it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Wow. <laughs> wow, Lee. Yeah, you're yeah. really asking the, the well, hard questions and hot question. topics here. I, I love it. <laughs> um, so I think what drew me in initially was the kind of the law. Like I really loved all the law behind it. It was, you know, it's it different to anything I'd really known at that point because I was not a sheltered kid is the wrong word, but you know what I mean? Like I kind of, I didn't have as big a grasp of popular culture as I say do now. So I wasn't aware of all the influences of 40k so much back then, but like you know, all the law was quite sort of dark and oppressive, and the remnants of the satire were kind of were lost on me. Like second to third, all the satire kind of went, and it became a lot more serious or took itself more seriously. But it was still quite a kind of dark setting, and I quite liked that. I'm not normally into kind of you know, well, grim grim dark as a term is is now a thing pretty much because of 40k, but. I wasn't really into that kind of stuff. So it was quite refreshing to me. I mean, now I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm bored to the back teeth of 40k law, if I'm honest, because it's all about, oh, millions died and it's all got skulls and rivets and just everything dies. It's a bit boring and, and done. But I think that initial kind of... dies. <laughs> well, it is, isn't it? It's like, it's just really yeah, like, yeah, oh true. yeah, millions died and it's all futile. It's like, okay, well, this is quite a depressing setting now, but... For me now, what keeps me in is the models. Um, but back then, what drew me in was the lore. And and now, like I look at, I can look at pretty much every forty k faction and go, you know, if if money were no object, like I would, I would have every forty k faction because there are some brilliant models in every single faction. You know, they're not, they're not all universally great. Some there are a few that maybe you know could do with an update or just weren't missed the mark slightly. But I mean, for the most part, you look at every model in that in Games Workshop's kind of product catalogue and product range, 
you're going to find a good one. And I, I think that's what does it for me. I just look at the models and go, I'd love to paint that. I don't even really, I mean, I like, the, I like the direction of ninth now. I mean, maybe not so much the power creep, which we'll touch on in a minute, but the actual the way the game plays, like you said, Adam, you know, it's more objective based. It's not just a case of, you know, blow your opponent off of the table and, and you know, good game. It's, it's like, you know, think tactically and actually play for the objective and you'll win that way. Even if, even if, you know, you've got three men left, you'll still win out. So that's kind of what did it for me. It was initially the law. And, and now after I've, I've cause I, I read a lot of the books like, during the sort of early 2000s, you know, I was reading like, you know, all the Gaunt's Ghosts, all the Horus Heresy novels. And I'm like, I'm just bored of it now. I don't care about the law so much. Like, I like the fact that they've moved it forward because they wrote themselves into a massive corner in like second, third, fourth. It was like the the Imperium is stagnant and nothing changes. It's like, well, if you do that, you can't, anytime you release something new, everyone goes, but I thought they didn't have this tech. That's not been written about before. Whereas now at least they're moving it forward and, and they've got themselves out of that. I um, you just mentioned Gaunt's Ghost there, which also reminded me we should probably bring up the many armies of Lee and the fact that you did also have an Imperial Guard force at one point. They lasted one game. Yeah, Jesus. I'm going to have to keep a tally of all the armies I had. Thirty infantry or something was it? It was a pure infantry guard force, and I think I had three Lehman Russ. Like, yeah, but yeah, you you your bloody Alpha Legion tore through all 130 in that big game and i killed what two marines at best it was probably the worst game of 40k i've ever had in terms of results i mean it was funny at the time but yeah the, the guards soon went on ebay after that they were uh yeah they, they were not for oh me <laughs> i loved i loved the models but i mean nah anyway i i thought as as i'll remember each of the different factions and armies <laughs> that you've owned over time I'll just i'll just drop them in good, um, good show. we should probably move on to darren Indeed. and um <laughs> talk about kind of like what interested him about 40k um, yeah what was it that really pulled you in and what kept you in i think it's because the the army's character like going back to my trannies they definitely been the army I've enjoyed the most, even though uh, and actually with being a 40k orc player. Um, I think I, I liked them when they were a bit more goofy, basically. Orcs now are a bit... I can't bit, imagine you showing what at a tournament no, like all I those weird orc that, players no. do. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Get him on a few beers and he'll yeah, be all I'm right. a different Probably, person yeah. then. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, it, I guess it's the background, Tranes and Necrons I, as well. I've, I've really enjoyed their background. Um, I don't know if you remember when Necrons actually came into 40k, but um, they do. were a pretty mysterious army that just had a, actually had a free model with a white dwarf to start you off and you only yeah, needed a handful of them. And they, yeah, they were all kind of weird raiders. Was that the warrior with the, the metal warrior with the gut? Literally, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 literally yeah. doing the walk like an Egyptian pose. <laughs> I think I had one that might have been pointing. I think, but yeah, they weren't, um, they were pretty static and, uh, but they basically were really, really good. But I think if they suffered... 25% casualty ease they just ran off so they they were designed to be amazing and they phase out or something yeah that's it yeah and yeah that was it they, they only had about three or four different models or yeah. something didn't they I remember the old metal destroyer that was like I don't know how <laughs> it's deck chair. its own yeah. weight on the flying the Necron deck chair yeah. going, going back to my metal my old trying models that is one of the, the worst things I've got I've got 60 metal gargles and you know they are a pain in the arse good ass. god yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I really, really wish I had plastic. <laughs> yeah, right. But just, just replace them. I do like the model, but I, I hate the fact it's made of metal. Um, but yeah, so I guess, I guess it's just the um, for 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 forty k. Specifically, it was the armies that I could play with um, as a hobby. I, I enjoy all, all the aspects of it for different reasons, but um, and it is nice to be able to. I guess what I talked about earlier, reconnect with people that play that game because it is so uh, encompassing. And um, it's like if you want a game for 40k, you can get one where, pretty much wherever you go. It's pretty convenient. Um, whereas, you know, you, you've got to, I guess, build your own communities, it feels like with every other game. <laughs> so um, it's just a, it's a, a really con- good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's just convenient. It's a convenient game that I also really, really enjoyed the models and getting back into the law it reminded me why, why i collected that army in the first places you know I was, I was watching aliens whilst painting a horse specs the other day and it was just like yeah it's kind of just kind of cool just from <laughs> sort of see where the tyrannic inspiration came from and just have a, a fun evening doing something quite geeky um yeah it's just just fun like that you know excellent excellent so let, let's look forward a little bit then so it's at the time of recording, it's it's early April. They've just announced that the uh, the squats are real and coming back. It's, I'm so glad they've not called them squats because that is like the worst name for an army ever. <laughs> the, the old space dwarfs, space dwarfs would have been better personally. But uh, anyway, one of the reasons I wanted to uh, have this kind of let's talk episode, not only to sort of get 40k off our chests and like let off a bit of steam, but it's also this year all of us, in- including Jay. Um, have essentially got new army books and they've all come out this year. So for yourself, Adam, you've got the Eldari. Uh, Darren, you've got the Gene Stealers and Tyranid Codexes or Codices. And uh, myself, I decided to jump back in with Tau. Um, I didn't realise how quite how obnoxious they are at the <laughs> moment in, in the tournament scene. But luckily, having looked at some tournament lists, the list I'm planning is nothing near that. So I shouldn't get accused of being a meta-chasing try hard but you will anyway but, we, but <laughs> you know. probably yeah probably <laughs> no actually to, to be fair in two weeks time they're, they're, they're doing an emergency uh balancing aren't they so <laughs> an emergency you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an emergency <laughs> balance slate because of the way harlequins are harlequins are just absolutely yeah. d- disgusting at the moment if you spam harlequins it's or, or use them. I think it's just, yeah, just yeah. use. Yeah, if you're dirty enough to buy a Harlequin army, then you deserve what you get next week. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so Adam, how how does it kind of how how does it feel? I, I think this is the the thing for me. I, I I thought about this before we started recording. Is that perhaps not so much for yourself, Dan, because you've always had the tyrannies, but like yourself and me, Adam. And I know you've had the Eldar for a while, but you know you you purposely kind of like right. I'm getting Eldar the second they get a new codex. How does it kind of feel for you to be at that kind of, I want to say, I hate the term bleeding edge, but you know what I mean? You're, you're there, you're riding that sort of crest of the wave at the moment as they're just about to come out or they've just come out and you're kind of in at the top. Yeah, well, I, 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 it's kind of near the top. I wish I could say I've had like a game with them, but, but I haven't. Um, You've had a good excuse though, to you be know, fair. I've, I've, seen, I've seen, yeah, yeah, I do have a good excuse. Um, it, it's, it's nice to finally have an updated codex and feel like they are the Eldari represented in ninth edition because the previous codex, it was just missing so many of the elements that you needed to make plays happen. And you could definitely, you, you could definitely use the old codex and kind of like 
find ways around it, but you had to pretty much build into two or three kind of core builds. And I didn't want to buy those particular models. Now, interestingly enough, I, I think, you know, everything is viable. There are some definitely some really interesting combos and troops in the latest codex that's got released um so quite a few of them still involve using fine cast models that i refuse to buy um so in particular like the fire dragons are really good at the moment or the striking scorpions both of those are still fine cast which is gw's kind of transition from stop stopping casting for, for those of you who don't know stopping producing metal models they produce like a resin counterpart using the kind of old metal um casts right yeah the yeah they metal, basically just recast um, all their metal models into into resin wasn't it um and, and they might be good enough quality now i know that when they first came out it was deemed fail cast and there were a bunch of like really poor quality um production issues that kind of like surfaced but they probably got rid of most of that now the reality is i just don't want to work with that material and they are still old sculpts that will probably get updated either this year or next year um and i just don't want to buy something that i really would probably end up buying again just for the fact of putting something on the table yeah and it's interesting that you mentioned that i'm surprised so for anyone not in the know games workshop are they're fairly. They were fairly transparent with it. Annoyingly, I've not been able to find the article since. But they they were essentially last year. They said, "Yeah, we release stuff, and we know that it might be a bit too powerful, but you know, we'll rein it in after a few weeks." Which is basically translation for we want to sell the new models, so we're going to make them really good. But for some odd reason, in this new Eldar Codex, like they've they've given a new plastic kit to the Dark Reapers and. Plastic kits are not cheap to produce. I mean, I know it's probably a drop in the ocean for Games Workshop now, but it's still a bit of an investment to get the moulding and the tools and the sculpting all done for a plastic model to produce it. But, like, for the Dark Reaper... Uh, yeah, they created a new Dark Reaper kit, yet they're not sort of seen as particularly good in the Eldar in Eldari Codex. Whereas, like you say, the Striking Scorpions and the Fire Dragons are like, oh, yeah, these are, like, top-tier units, quote-unquote, Yet they're still in fine cast, which is really odd because you'd think they'd want to maximise their sales by making the making the rules good and and get some new models out there. Yeah, either that or they've got plans for particular. Um, you know, they they've probably got two three years worth of production kind of planned out already. So True. more than likely, we might see another couple of battle boxes come out whereby you see the fire dragons facing off against something else and it's paired in a set that you've got to spend hundred quid on, or that's usually their tactic. Let's True. be fair. Um, and you know, the other thing is that the Eldar range was probably one of the most dated ranges out there with at least 50% of the range, um, being older than 20 years. And a lot of the aspect warriors, which are pretty core to the army, um, living as fine cast so the banshees got updated recently we got new dark reapers and shining spears we're still living with fine cast fire dragons warp spiders swooping hawks striking scorpions like there's at least four aspects mm. that we're living with dated models i can't see them wanting to keep those out there for too much longer um you'd hope not but you'd, you'd hope not but um i i was surprised that they didn't go about it and just do dual dual part kits so you can kind of build these as fire dragons or something else um but but we'll, we'll see we'll see where they go with it that's what they um, tend to do yeah it's just strange to have. i mean one thing you mentioned about the age of the eldar models there is that some of them like it's like the plastic eldar guardians right is a good example they are 
22 years old. They were 22 years old until the new kit came out this year. But it's like, actually, they, other than maybe the kind of the crispness of the sculpt, they actually, they didn't sort of look that old compared to like the second edition Guardians where you looked at those and you're like, oh, yeah. those are showing their age now. The third edition Plastic Guardians, actually, they kind of have stood the test of time. And, you know, you can easily tell that because the new Guardian kit is not a million miles away from it. It's, they are, you could mix them and probably, you know, from a distance, not really tell them apart. It's a yeah, testament and, to and the design, got, right? You know, we got another another Altark in the recently released set. We got a new unit that were added, the Shroud Runners, which look cool, but, you know, talk a bit about competitiveness. So I guess there are competitive builds with, with Eldar at the moment. Uh, I won't be doing those because I don't have access to those models and I'm okay with that. I'm I'm willing to say that I'm just I will wait for the latest sculpts to come out and then I'll purchase them then. For me though, it does feel like a pretty balanced codex compared to um you know, they've obviously wrapped in the Harlequins in the Yunari in the same book. And yes, there are issues with the Harlequins. I've I still find like if you look at both the Harlequins and the Custodes that are doing very well at the moment, um, I think they're doing well because they've got such a limited set of models in each or, or options within each um kind of in each discipline so hq elites troops fast attack heavy support so when you do find their one or two options in those slots they do tend to perform better than everyone else's options in those slots um the internal balance is a little off with those isn't it i mean to be fair elder are still doing quite well but they have been much more varied so far which has been really nice to see um mm. from the reports yeah. that i've seen which i think is really a sign of a good codex um the fact that people tend to end up going down one particular route, but they haven't with Elder. But yeah, obviously Harlequins need They're still experimenting, right? Yeah, well, it's good in a way because like people should be excited. You should get a codex and be excited to use all of it. Ideally, um, that's the that's the dream, basically. So yeah, how do you feel in terms of that, then, Dan? How do you feel like with the Gene Steeler Cult and Tyranid Codexes? Yeah, being I mean, obviously, we we've only seen. The, the leaked Tyranid Codex at this point and what Games Workshop have put out there. But, true, true. But, I mean, you know, you're 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 coming in at the top with Tyranids again, although you've been playing them through this edition already, like and, and Gene Steeler Cult as well. I How th- do you sort of feel, you know, getting those codexes like now? I mean, we're all, all four of us essentially are all getting new books this year. Yeah, I, I mean, also, I, I would say on top of that, because of the balanced data snakes, I feel like Necrons have had a whole lease of new life. I think they were becoming quite bad at one point. And now they're actually really exciting again, just by adding some extra keywords and dropping some points and stuff. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, this build that wasn't any good anymore. Don't think they needed to drop points. I don't think they needed to drop points personally, but that, that's just my personal beef they, with Necrons. They were doing pretty bad, <laughs> <laughs> too fair. Um, it, in, in the tournament scene, they were, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. the casual games I was playing, Necrons were oppressive I, and I, I hated I them for quite would, a while. If I'm honest, <laughs> I think a lot of that came down because you're playing... Um, that open war, yeah, it's open war, and that is basically uh, yeah. But it wasn't even that. It, it was it was more the fact that I just couldn't put the buggers down. Like it, I think it was more to do with hot hot dice rolling than anything else, personally. Uh, yeah, possibly, but I would say that that led to a certain play style of having very large phalanx of unkillable models. Um, whereas if you play yeah other game like basically in 
mobility I've, I've played a bit of open war now and i feel mobility isn't such a problem like it's not really rewarded so you may as well have like massive phalanx of of soldiers walking at each other so it's possibility anyway it also could be those dice i've seen those dice do some stuff that i never thought dice could do I yeah, never yeah. <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad you were able to witness it it yeah, wasn't just yeah. me and my own yeah. personal bias I, I, it's I'd, like... I'd like to i'd like to explain it but also i i uh, the tangent i basically shot this unit up and it's like you're going to take 18 saves and pretty much everyone you fail is going to kill something it's like how about i make like 11 of those or something and I'm like oh okay uh, <laughs> it's kind of every uh, single resurrection anyway. role it was like you know you know how the odds are normally it should be like a third get back up and you can yeah. kind of you can play for that this was like I'd kill I'd shoot a unit of 20 kill 11 and 9 would get back up and yeah. it's just like that yeah. shouldn't be possible it like, shouldn't be possible <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah fair enough it might just be dice then mm. um, and that was happening on the regular so that's where yeah. I was getting really frustrated but then then when, when the dice started to when the dice luck started to turn a bit it was like okay yeah, yeah. this is this is a bit better it's less oppressive but I yeah. get what you're saying about open open war open war is less I suppose less balanced if for one, you know, I guess is the way to sum it up, but I don't necessarily mind that because it kind of, it leads us to like try different things on the table. And I, I kind of see it like uh, for, for anyone who plays video games, it's kind of like the dark souls mode in that, you know, if you get a bad draw of cards, I mean, we, we which, tend- is, which is funny, Lee, because I, <laughs> swear I hate it. Yeah, said, I, yeah. I do. I, do. <laughs> I, hate, I hate Dark Souls. But, I never play Dark Souls. So the reason for that is on a video game, I want to get in and play a quick game and just play. I don't want, you know, I, but with a 40k game, it's like if I rock up and it's like, right, you're going to try this. It's like, okay, this is a puzzle that I need to solve. So it's a different mentality. It's a different mindset for me when I'm on a tabletop compared to when I'm picking up a controller. I, I, I guess what I'm but trying anyway, we've, yeah, we've, yeah, we've yeah, to... Yeah, I guess like... I, I guess I'm, um, you know, I'm not trying to, to slag it off or anything. I guess I feel, I feel like um, that may have been one reason as well why those type yeah. of very solid armies work uh, work very well in that game system, I think, um, when you're really going for the primary, you know. Um, just just based off the fact when I played Dave's um, Ultramarines, it was like a proper phalanx of very slow-moving, almost unkillable models coming at me, which I can imagine it was yeah. similar with the Necrons. Um but anyway, we we would diverge. So basically, um, I, I feel like Necrons have gotten a bit of new lease of life in them, and they're quite exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Green Steel Cult, a really complicated codex that I've had some fun little games with. Going to take quite a while to get my head into them. Um, they're quite fragile, but can also hit really hard. So literally a glass cannon. A little bit dependent on some dice rolls at times that you can mitigate to a degree, but you're still bit at the mercy see of maybe making a charge out of deep strike now and again um you've got some other tactics to to do these days so i think the crossfire rule really means that you can make some meaningful shots but more importantly is actually my opinion like the stratagems so that like you can turn off overwatch or stop someone heroically intervening with a crossfire marker that's that's like absolute gold dust because that one character coming in or that one overwatch might totally kill your unit so um they're really cool but very much a thinky army and um whereas i find my nids are much more straightforward uh, i've actually played two games now the new codex new newing air quotes uh the <laughs> 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 leaked codex yeah <laughs> it, it should be stated that you will be picking up a hard copy a physical oh, copy when it releases for sure yeah absolutely <laughs> will um i just wanted to get um get some gaming done and um 
enjoyed that uh, I could have a go at it, uh, but I absolutely will be buying the codex for proper. And um, we're not going to talk about that forty wound broken. Uh, <laughs> the mortal wound generator, the, yeah. The mortal yeah, wound generator. I, I think, I think there's down. two things possibly a bit broken in the new trial codex, and it's the mouth scepter and the, uh, I think hive guard. I think possibly. I think the bodyguard rule. The hive guard. Not sorry, a tyrant guard. Sorry, hive guard are rubbish. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Ty- tyrant guard have uh, because of the bodyguard rule, right? Which yeah. is just completely broken from the start of it. Yeah, like- it's just not a good rule. I really hate that rule. Absolutely, it's a flat out. So what's the rule? It's basically you cannot shoot the hive tyrant in fewer than three of the uh, tyrant guard. Sounds fine on its own, uh, but in practice, it means like people just end up putting tyrant guards behind a wall and then the hive tyrant in the open and you can't shoot this big monster that might be shooting Rules you. Rules written, yeah. Yeah, with a venom cannon or something. Oh, wow. It's just I, stupid. I, I thought that... It's as obnoxious as the old Tau drones where you could do... Literally, that was the problem with Tau in the previous edition was that they could do that with their drones. They could literally sit the drones closer to the enemy, out of sight, but because of the way the rule was worded, it's like, well, you can't shoot my riptide or whatever because the drones are closer and yeah because you it, can't actually physically hit the drones you, you just cannot target that and it's it could have been solved so simply by just saying you either just bounce the wounds you, you target the that's the how tyrant. it used to be you bounce the wounds yeah you just bounce the yeah. wounds like yeah. why why was that not just implemented that way why did they have to put this weird loophole bullshit in it sounds so simple but it's so easy to abuse in fact it like I've, yeah. I've actually accidentally abused it in games because I've been like oh actually I've got a situation where accidentally you know, well, I did uh, against, <laughs> against Craig Howard with his sniper army as well and I was like oh he, he did not enjoy that um, but yeah <laughs> it, it was um <laughs> I think that leads to uh, inactra- in interactive play, which I think is a real bad way to go. It, it, it sounds it sounds like you're just going to create a bunch of gotcha moments, which again you just don't want to have in a war game. Like more more gotchas uh, just lead to negative play experiences. Yeah. Hi everyone, Lee from the future here. Um, since the recording of this podcast, Games Workshop released the balanced data slate, which thankfully corrected the bodyguard rule. Hooray! And um, th- there's 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 a particular strat as well that plays into it. Effectively, you can have a flying hive tyrant that could come down, kill some stuff, then retreat back to the hive guard and keep yo-yoing back and forth and you just can't really interact with it. It's um, so stupid. I just like don't get why they... Why, how, how that slipped through the net and like, you know, nobody went, oh yeah, that's, that's how it used to be. And they can abuse that. Yeah. Why they well, didn't... Because not enough people have bought high, hive guard recently. <laughs> so what they've decided is to yeah. release the codex. Loads of people will now be spamming hive guard with their hive tyrants. So they're getting all, 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 the, all the hive guard that and people used to love, they, rip their arms off, yeah. put, the, put the tyrant guard yeah. arms on and you're good to this go. This is it. This it's is a, it. These <laughs> are the ones with the lash whips and the, yeah, the shields. It's the same so um, yeah. you can uh, you can totally do it. Yeah. So uh, people have yeah probably all built their stuff as the other ones. Yeah, yeah. Hive guard. Now all of a sudden you're you, you, you're selling that kit like hotcakes because <laughs> like well the meta chasers will want to use it in tournaments right. It'll be a legit thing that that runs for a couple of months before it gets 
hotfix, but it seems a bit odd that you can literally park them behind the wall. Yeah. yeah. And the high tyrant's right. the thing that's in well, front. The only thing you can see is the high yeah, tyrant. Yeah. And yeah. he's still yeah. it, it, it's, it's not the it's, it's not the stupid. only example of bodyguard being broken. That that um Dark Eagles do something very similar um with their like Land Raider characters and is 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 a bad rule basically. <laughs> Land Raider characters, what? not Land Raider, Land Speeder. <laughs> Land Speeder. Oh, right. oh yeah. him, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the master um, of the Raven yeah. <laughs> Um but yeah, there's there's a silly rule. But I think other than that, I'm really happy with the look of the codex. Obviously, really excited to see the proper release and to go and buy it. Uh, I, you know, kind of don't. I don't really endorse the leakage stuff. I would rather just go and buy it, to be honest. But, um, but you still made a forty I wound mortal, mortal wound generator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still, still managed to get two games in with the leaked <laughs> yeah, yeah, I still did it because you know want to see all these yeah. new exciting toys. Very excited to see that ki- uh, screaming killers were actually highly efficient. And like the first time I've been excited to play with that model for since probably second edition. So it's like there's <laughs> stuff like that, which is, it's just been really nice to come back to and go. Um, I feel like I've got three really solid armies that I'm going to play with about 90% of the codex in each of them. Um, there's only a few turkeys in, in each codex that are still you know, may pick up and play occasionally, occasionally, but, you know, compared to, you know, what I have been dealing with my trial codex, um, which I would say probably about 30% of it was viable before. Um, it's, it's really nice. I, I, I mean, I mean, my, my rule for casual play is what I stick to anyway. It's not a rule that's written down anywhere, but I find that like, if you're playing casually, don't take any more than two units of one type, um otherwise before you've taken other options because if you're taking more than two of one type it feels like you could maybe sway it with troops right if you really wanted to take several units of you know three units of hormigants or something but it tends to be those specialist units for example void weavers being the broken thing in harlequins or you know people are just spamming big units of them so for me with the eldar i'd rather have two units of everything before i bought a third unit of something um and kind of play that way so you've got the variety going into the field and like yeah. playing with variety and, and there's yeah, nothing wrong with playing with a model just because you like it I, I went to an event about a month or so ago and i taught i brought the toxicrine and people were like oh wow is this some sort of secret thing we didn't know about i was like nope it's terrible. But look how cool it looks. <laughs> it's like I can see its tentacle at the side of that building. I should shoot yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like every game um, is so bad. But I, I, I like the model. I played Screamy Killers in that game as well. And I, I should have just took Hiveguard if I wanted to win more. But I wanted to get those models on the table. And, you know, I think that's a totally acceptable thing to do. Go on, Lee, let's talk about your broken towel and, uh, <laughs> and your no line of sight, air bursting kind of crisis suits. No, yeah, I refuse to put... So for for anyone who has a passing interest, that that is the obnoxious build right now is, is to... Games Workshop famously in like maybe sixth and seventh, they started reducing the options that units could take, right? If it didn't come in the box, if that option wasn't in the box you didn't have that option in the army list and yet for some reason with this particular book they've said oh yeah all those um commander exclusive weapons that only come in the commander kit you can now take them on all your crisis suits and they're dirt cheap to put on there and they're really fucking good and essentially what loads of people did was went and bought 3d printers printed off a ton of these like you know weapons 
and yeah, basically armed all of their crises with them. And it's like, that's the kind of negative side of being at this kind of, you know, riding the crest of like this release, you know, it only came out in, it came out in January and I've, I've played one game with it, but. Me again in the future, of course, indirect fire weapons took a bit of a hit with the new data slate. So kind of what I'm saying here is now moot. That's the negative side. The the plus side is, is that I get to go, this is a cool new thing that nobody else in our, I get to be the snowflake again, which is what I quite like to be. It's like nobody else in our group has a Tau army. So I get to play it and be the only Tau player in the group. And I, I, I honestly, I personally wouldn't worry about how broken a new codex is because it'll probably happen with every codex that comes out. And mm. in a, in a yeah, month definitely. or two's time, we'll be like, remember when Tower good you know it's kind of like you look at you look at where dark elder are now and admech and before them dark, dark mm, they're angels still, they're, they're okay they're still they're, pretty they're, balanced yeah, yeah, they're, yeah they're good but they're not like winning you know dominating the meta like they used to and it's, it's basically just goes through phases of like um true. and Very that true. may well be like we alluded to a sales pattern um i personally think it's actually because games workshop um, it's just really hard to balance a game that's got this many profiles in and they basically wait until they've got a massive sample size of players to go, this is really broken. Because I, I actually saw mm-hmm. someone who said that they shouldn't let a tournament go into, sorry, an army into a tournament until it's gone through one revision of uh, of balancing. But it's, I was like, well, I don't think Games Watcher would have the information to make a accurate balancing until... Yeah, the, the tournament is actually good for balancing. It gives you that kind of... You can yeah. see where the broken things are and you can you can hit those nails down and even it out. Yeah, for better or worse. But, you yeah, know. I, I, do, I do agree with you. I think they just kind of... These things slip through the net. It's such a big game to try and get a handle on. And if you look at, you know, one of the conversations we were having in our Slack group earlier today was actually, you know, um, our friend Craig was saying how, um, you know, the... The new Tyranids have got a, uh, um, I think it's one of the high fleet um, abilities. Is it J- Jormunga? Y- Jormunga. Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah. Jormunga or something like that. I've got a very similar worded kind of um, list of abilities to the Raven Guard, right, that he's got. But if you look across all of the armies, they have very yeah, similar yeah. looking things, right? If you look at um, Craft Worlds, we've got Alatok which do that if you look at um the tau they've got is it sasea Zakia or sasea yeah something Zakia. like that yeah um I, I, what i'm seeing is is probably games workshop trying to quickly get through a bunch of codexes so going okay these templates for kind of like craft worlds or custom chapters or whatever you want to call them tweak the words slightly but roughly keep them the same so like you've got these shapes of things that are slotting into the books and it's not the the, the bigger kind of rules that are affecting things it's one or two units that just leak through yeah and that people manage to manipulate and abuse it's not the kind of wider rules of the codex it's the one or two units that they someone didn't just look at with a fine tooth comb and go <laughs> oh is someone just gonna pick this up and and really abuse it yeah <laughs> just funny you mentioned about about our friend uh so yeah he'd messaged me about the same thing as well separately because I, I don't i'm not in the slack group anymore um he messaged me about it and i'd also spoke to jay separately as well so we had i had a sort of couple of conversations going concurrently and it's like that there is a bit of a problem in that marines which is what our friend plays they he plays them exclusively he doesn't play that often and it, it kind of surprised me in a way because he used to work for games workshop so he should know the pattern by now in that 
Codex Creep happens and Marines are always the first book that comes out in an edition because they're the big sellers. So they naturally get afflicted by Codex Creep and it's been that way since third edition and it'll be that way in 15th edition or whenever, you know, whatever. So yes, from a fluff standpoint, it's a bit annoying because it's like, well, you know, these guys are supposed to be the masters of stealth yet all these other people can do it better than we can now because of the way their rules are worded differently to ours. And But it's like, well... <laughs> you kind of have to know with 40k and I'm not saying it's right, but you, you always have to adapt, right? You can't just take the same army at the start of an edition and have the same army at the end. It, it won't work that way because of the way the rules are right. Okay. In a perfect world you would, but because of the way games Workshop have their release model, new things come out. So you have to adapt to it. You know, even, even if it's not, you're not a competitive player. If somebody, if, if suddenly, you know, like I had to adapt to play against uh, Dave's Necrons that were big phalanxes of warriors and, you know, I've learned to adapt against that now and I can get a good game out of it. When I first started, I couldn't. But if I'd stayed with, you know, doggedly to that one army composition, I'd still be banging my head against the wall now. It's like the, the point is you have to adapt. And that's maybe one of the foibles of 40k in that you can't sort of... I mean, any war Rest game... Rest on your laurels. Like, just say, oh, I've bought my force, I'm never going to change yeah, it in the next you, 10 years, and I'll just keep on playing with it. It's, it's never going to be it's, that It's game, a sad right? reality of, of the game, in a way, is that it's, it's not a cheap it's, hobby. It's not sad. <laughs> it's designed to yeah. sell models, and we like buying stuff, you well, know? True. That's the reason why we play the hobby. I think... Um, you can't help but feel bad for someone. There's a ball players about twenty buggies sat there, like squig hopper buggies. Going, oh my god, <laughs> what do they do? Well, that was yeah, but see that that I don't see that I don't that I think well you got like, you had that coming to you by buying twenty buggies, right? That was your own stupid fault. It, it's it's the, it's the same as all of those people playing harlequins that have yeah. bought nine void weavers and are just going to see them drop to a unit cap of two per squad. They'll all be on eBay and then all of a sudden a week, they'll be like, yeah. yeah. But and this is it is yeah. meta chases, but you can part that. What I what I would say about specifically that rule is. Really Reading through the fluff of that hive fleet, it didn't really make sense. They, I don't think those rules really match the description of what it was listed as, like tunnel networks, and all of a sudden they've got like dense cover for monstrous creatures. And I'm like, well, you know, yeah, that's weird. Actually, it should be light cover. You would have had like if it's called about like tunnel networks. I was thinking surely they would have rules around being able to redeploy some units or maybe deploy further up the field because they've got these advanced tunnel they, networks. They do have something actually. Or, you know, to, if you look, to be fair look to them, they, they so they have like a strat to allow them to deep strike and they have the lurk adaptive physiology so they got something in that direction but i, I do agree that it's not necessarily what you'd think they i think they went more for the minus one to hit for coming up out of the ground just seems weird i, it, I think they got it's, the it's the same as the towel sept right you know i can see it with alatok and i can see it with um you know the raven guard the towel set sound a bit odd because it was like oh urban warfare and all of a sudden you could be in like a jungle and be like oh yeah but we're, we're adapted to all terrain it's, <laughs> it's kind of very weird yeah it, 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 I think they, they try to blanket these things out. And unfortunately, you know, in trying to standardize the pattern so they can get everyone updated and get everyone playing with the ninth edition decks, there are always going to be some kind of things that don't really make sense, but it probably is just in there for game balance and rapid deployment of new rules. It's just very, yeah, it sort of feels sort of almost shoehorned in. It's like, did they really even need that? Because actually everyone just takes the Borkan Sept one, which is the one where everyone gets plus four inches on all their guns and their battle suits get tougher. Why would you take anything else, right? It's it's that kind of thing. There's a little bit of some of it is a bit cut and pasty, but it's like oh, let's just tweak it a little bit and make it better. 
I, I would, I would, yeah, it's a, even I, I was sorry. I was going to say one thing I find hilarious about Tao is the the Tao sept. It, it's like saying this is the, the these face rings are from the Marine chapter. It's like the most. It's like last thing on a Friday. What we're going to call this? <laughs> you know, it's like it's like. <laughs> But I, I never, Tau is the name of the planet and the name of the race, right? And and the Tau Sept. I guess I, I find Tau. It's a, it's a it's a oh thank you. It's a um, oh look at that a, a, a hand delivered beer. <laughs> yeah, that's get me own. Oh, I wish we had such a service. Um, <laughs> it, it just feels a bit lazy. <laughs> but you know, I think all of these codexes are going to have their their foibles and will get updated oh, yeah, eventually. I think you know, I was I you know listening to kind of. You know, we mentioned Steve at Vanguard Tactics earlier, but um, I was watching one of their kind of um, Tau re- reviews, I think it was, um, and they were saying like how how one of their kind of coaches, he was like, oh, I just pick, Mo- I, I don't really know too much about it, but he was saying Monkar is like the thing that you pick all the time and you only ever pick the other one like once in a blue moon. Uh, it feels like that's the kind of things that they maybe misthought about. Like it, it doesn't. Yeah, because I mean, to, yeah, the, that one's an odd one because it's like the so Mont Car is the one where you get bonuses in turns one, two, and three. Are those like doc, are they just like the doctoring. Yeah, yeah, basically. For, but the other one is like it's really not as good, and is what of, of everything in the in the Tau Codex. Like the whole thing has great internal balance. Like there's no real duff units in there. Like every unit you think, oh yeah, I could take that and do something with it. But the the whole philosophies of war that the Tau have. You've got your yeah, Montcar and Kaoyon, and Kaoyon is like it takes effect from turn three, four, and five, and it's just not as good. And you're like, well, why would I want to wait two turns to get my bonuses? I, I want them now, and I want to stop you from having. <laughs> like, I want to kill more of your stuff, which is what that one is dedicated <laughs> into. And, and, and if a Tau player has stuff uh, opposing him in turns three, four, and five, yeah, you've already moment. lost, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think that was a misplay. Um, I, I would say though, on the on the plus side, like. I know there are a few things broken with these codexes we talked about, but actually Heinz of Cult was mm. a really, really tight codex, and that may have been because they have about 24 data sheets. You compare that, that's like Space Marines' fast attack section probably has that many. I'm not even joking. It probably it's 90, does. It's 90, <laughs> no, no, you're not far. It's 96 data sheets in the Marine Codex. Yeah, yeah. And you, you so I guess it, it does go to show that in some ways, having a more focused codex is just easier to to build and pl- and play test and it, it, it i think people are generally happy but it would include still cult but it's not winning tons and tons of tournaments so yeah. it's probably in the right place yeah i think i think the elder have got apart from the obvious thing with the harlequins um i i think it's got pretty good internal balance and like you said down it's got lots of different builds and there aren't an overly humongous amount of data sheets like i can't i don't think there's more than 40 in there um maybe i've got that wrong there i don't know <laughs> no, you're probably about right things, it's, it's, it's probably big, about that I, I guess the phoenix lords are, that's like five or yeah. six it, yeah. I, I, know, I know it's a very thick codex but it's probably got a lot of fluff in it i haven't um i haven't had a good it's, look it's at got it. all the yeah. harlequin stuff hasn't it and the yanari yeah. stuff that's why it's what's bulked it but if you just take pure craft worlds i think yeah it's it's not that many because i don't did they? Oh yeah, the Shroud Runners with a new unit they introduced, isn't it? Mm. In this edition. Um, yeah. So I guess one thing to talk about then is is uh, what are you expecting or hoping to to do next with forty k? Just paint models, go to tournaments, 
whatever. Wow, good question. Uh, who do you want to start on that one? Um, go with Adam. All right, go on then, Adam. Me again. I'm like the top pick at the moment. <laughs> all right, it's first, first in the alphabet. That's all, um, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so I'm really aiming at the moment with a with a newborn. Well, I say newborn. She's uh, ten weeks old. Are you, now. So you're not going for primaris? Is what um, I'm hearing. You uh, first born? No, no way. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I... Bad joke. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that was a deep cut law joke yeah, there. Yeah. Blimey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to any non 40k um, listeners. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> just terrible won't joke. have got that at all. It flown yeah. right over their head. <laughs> yeah. Carry on, Adam. There's not been an exterminator so far, so it's okay. <laughs> um, my goal at the moment, my hobby goal, is to get to a thousand points painted. So I've got everything built, and I'm trying to get everything airbrushed and move forward with that. But I really, I'm looking forward to about the time she goes to uni then. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but hey looking yo. forward to try and getting a, 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 a thousand point game in. Um, cool. I've got a pretty nice force. It's it's a pretty good size force, and it then scales up well to two K. So, hoping to get that done. That's really my hobby goal: is aim for that kind of one K done and sorted. So that's got two wave serpents, couple of squads of guardians. Um, some wind riders, some shroud runners, and all tark. So it's got a, a nice blend of then some banshees. So it's got a nice blend of things, scales up well, um, and will be a core of the two thousand points. So by that point, I've got half the army done. But if I focus on that one thousand, and then I can at least get a few games in and start to learn the faction and learn some of the rules. I think I'd rather play with all of the rules, um, but just in a smaller point game than kind of like start at 2K and, and have too much to kind of like manage. I feel like 1K, you can still get a pretty good game in and it maybe focuses you to take different things that maybe aren't so meta um, because you just don't have the points to afford all the fancy toys. <laughs> That's my kind of goal though, is to get to that kind of 1K. Uh, what about yourself then, Darren? Um, I, ideally, I'd go to a few more events. Um, the two events that I have gone to in ninth edition have been really good fun. Uh, I, I quite like the one day as they're, they're nice, quick games that you can get a diversity of opponents and armies to play against. So they're really good. Um, other than that, hobby wise, um, obviously love to game with you guys more as well. And would be great to just do some painting. So I, I suppose like I kind of expect that that would happen. I suppose the thing that I have to sort of push myself to do a bit is the going to an event because it's, you don't have to go to them, but they are good fun. Um, I don't think I could do a two day because it's just actually it's quite exhausting. The one day events I've been to, they're quite intense and um, they're really good fun. But it's like at the end of it, I'm really happy to have Sunday off to just kind of chill out. And it's almost too much game. Yeah, I think the hobby it would funk. be. Yeah, it would be almost like too much. Like, okay, I've I've had I've had my fill now. I can I can have a, I can I don't need this much forty k. <laughs> it's like um, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I'm hoping we've got a really good uh, local uh, gaming venue called Factorum, which we're doing really good events. Um, been over to big in Bristol, and um, yeah, we'll see. Just kind of like get rotating my armies and getting some good use out of my models i think it's really important for me go on Lee. let's finish on you what's your kind of hobby goals for for this year 2022 okay so well the tower was kind of an unexpected thing i almost kind of started them on a whim but i was like you know what i'm 
I'm not done with the Death Watch, but you and know what I mean? You're I've, already a thousand points in, mate. Yeah, so. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it went pretty quick. I mean, so yeah, I've played a lot of the Death Watch over the last year or so and really enjoy them, still do enjoy them. They're not they're not going away. They're just, I just fancied a change, you know, fancied a newer book. One where I could buy units and didn't have to pay a premium to buy an upgrade sprue to make that unit properly of that chapter. That was the biggest thing. That's the thing that stopped me from really going overboard with Death Watch. Like I've sort of pared it back a little bit. I sold a little bit just before Christmas because there, there were units in there that I had that I was just never going to use. And it's like I've got other units for variety that I, I've kept, but there are there were some that it's just like, why have I got these? I, I just kind of got them on a whim. Um, so the goal this year is to finish painting all of that stuff, which I think is achievable. I've been quite slow because they are a ball ache to paint. And that was that was one of the things with the towel was that I wanted something that was quick to paint. And I, I tried like a new kind of tech. It was not a new technique. It's just I pared back the amount of steps I took with these. And so with the towel, what I'd like to do this year is, is I, I want to buy it sounds really fucking greedy but i'd like to have one of everything in that codex like just because they are such nice models i think i just want to you know I've, I've got stuff on order and i've got a few bits already it should be nice to have like you know i love the look of the storm surge i might never use it in a game but it's quite a cool looking model i love the look of the riptide you know big mechanized suits who doesn't like those you know the the hammerhead the sky ray all that kind of stuff really really nice looking so that's the kind of ultimate goal whether that'll happen this year i don't know but i did sort of think you what, know what about the vespid would you get the vespid yeah i don't mind them I was looking at them and it's like, yeah, they're, they're a bit pricey to pick up. And I've seen a few good conversions of them, actually, where people have bought like third party jetpacks and put them on Fire Warriors and they actually look really cool. Um, but anyway, sorry, I'm digressing. I think the, the main goal this year, I think what I'd like to do is perhaps I'd like to do it with the four of us. Ideally, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be tenable is the four of us go to like a one day or event, like a casual thing. I'm not, you know, I'm not interested in attending tournaments and doing them all. But I, I'd quite like, you know, the four of us to go, yeah, there's a one day are quite local. Let, let's all go and just have a laugh. And, like, you know, I want to play, obviously, with you guys more. But I just think, you know, mm-hmm. it'd be a nice thing to aim towards is to all of us go to an event. You know, I've got no interest in, you know, even forget the wooden spoon. I don't really care. Well, I mean, I I, I would like to uh, say that I actually did, didn't even know what position I placed in the last event until Lee asked me. And I was like... I have to go and have a look now. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be quite nice to like to give me a, a real kind of I mean, every you know it, the reason is to to get together and paint. And actually, you and I, Adam, we did a hobby day uh, last weekend. Just just got together. I brought my paints round. It's not always not always practical for everyone, I know, but it was actually quite fun, wasn't it? Just to sit there and chat whilst we do a hobby because I've noticed my hobby since lockdown, especially since I got my desk up here and had to work from home my desk here doubles as a painting desk. So I, I paint on my own after I've worked on my own all day and it's not really that fun. I used to paint in the living room with my wife while she was watching TV and that was quite nice. And that kind of stopped over lockdown. And so actually going around to yours with my paints while the girls hung out was quite nice actually just to kind of have a bit of company while I did stuff. I don't know how you felt about that. I'd quite like to do more of those, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, For me, especially because I, struggle with painting it was nice to have someone to kind of bounce some ideas off and just say oh you know what about this i'm trying this technique would this work or should this be a like a you know should i go for this or 
Um, should I should I use this wash or should I lighten it slightly? And do you think that would work when I'm highlighting it up? So just talking through some of those elements to just help me kind of nail a technique to apply to the army because I do want to get through it quickly and I want to get it on the table as like a fully painted force. Um, but I also want it to, I, I don't want a potato on the table, right? I do want it to actually look like the thing it's meant to be and not be like, oh, I've just sprayed it one colour and stuck a wash over it and I've based it. There you go, job done. That's all I'm doing with the towel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but you've got very, like, your stuff oh, looks very, looks all you're very doing, good. apart from all of the like, individual markings you've done on every model Lee don't don't oh, well, do yourself yeah, that a disservice was, that was yeah. that was a little bit of an indulgence I do find but... it quite funny how you always have to qualify them oh here's my towel I really didn't pay much attention to them kind of, I've painted them really quickly and like they look great you don't have to you know, oh, you know, qualify it by any means um, I think um, most people would be very happy with that army um, I certainly would um yeah, really, really, really cool, very neat, very quick. And I'm really excited to see what yeah, thank you. You, you do, Adam, with your army. Um, I think the colour scheme is really cool. And I know it's hard picking up the painting. Um, I, I'm kind of similar with the building. I don't enjoy it. I actually make quite a few mistakes with it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's not why part you of pay the... me to do it, which <laughs> is great. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> you're funding the war effort. <laughs> the thing is, Darren, they actually come effort. with instructions when you're building things these days. I know. <laughs> they don't come with instructions when you're painting, yeah, really. Yeah, and you know what? Even <laughs> with painting models, I have, you know, like I, 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 I've been recently painting some Marvel Crisis Protocol and I painted Captain America and just had an absolute horrid time painting him because sometimes it goes oh, that really? way with a model. Yeah, because no particular reason why that should have happened. Um, it's because he was a good guy. Yeah, I think it, well, that's the problem. You're like, Ugh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a good oh, guy. No. He's only got two arms. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Let me give him four arms, yeah, and yeah, then it would have yeah. been like the best paint yeah. job in the world. Four, four shields. Like, what like, is this human <laughs> form? I don't General Grievous. It. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, but you know, going back to kind of something you said, Lee, it would be great to go to a tournament with the, with the four of us and kind of attend something just as a group. I mean, it goes back to kind of when we started playing Infinity. We went to a bunch of tournaments, but we didn't do it because we wanted to win. We did it because it was the social side, meeting new people, and just like talking to other people about the hobby, right? And yeah. just sharing that experience with others. Well, I, I would say that's one of the things I have enjoyed about the. Four, I would much rather go with other people, but the forty k tournaments I have gone to. I've actually been really good events where I've ended up chatting to people all day. Like you never not. told us you were going, so none of us had a clue. We I were did, like, oh, I, I, oh I Darren's did, gone to a tournament this weekend. <laughs> I didn't think you guys were up for it. So <laughs> I, I was less inclined. All right, so yeah, I've, I've changed my tune over the Christmas break. Let's put it that way. I'm kind of, I don't want to make tournament play my sole purpose which i think was what burnt me out on infinity like to touch on that it was we were doing that a lot and it just felt that every game was a practice for a tournament and i was refining a list for a tournament and it just kind of got to the point where i was like oh that's not why i want to play i want to play to put models down and socialize and have a laugh so i think the my focus like went the wrong way but i think to go to just say I don't want to go to events regularly, but I'd like to go to maybe one this year, like later in the year, sort of September time, you know, Adam's got time to paint his stuff up. Jay's had about 15 different armies by then and might settle on one. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll probably play squats by then or probably or the yeah, of Votan. Of Votan. So like, you know, by, by that point, I'll have had some time to get used to either get used to the tower or, or you know, get back to, to my death watch and say, right, okay, I'm confident to go to an event and I'm not, you know, even if I lose every game, I'm going to put up a fight 
is the thing. I don't I don't want to, I don't want to go and get stomped or, or be like, oh, what am I doing again? I'd, I'd like yeah. to go and have a semblance of you know know what I'm doing. But I just think you know later this year it'd be quite a nice goal to say, yeah, let's all go and to a local one. I don't want to travel to too far. Mm-hmm. A one day, let's just you know let's just pop along, have a laugh because we've got we've got quite a, a big group of friends. You know, we could pretty much fill out a tournament ourselves. Like between between us and you know there's the four of us on here plus our kind of gaming group mates that live locally. Yeah, we could easily I, hit up a, four, a one day event and have a laugh with it, you know. And it's that thing where you go and you sort of like, oh, how do your game go? And you know, and you know that mm. shine away. I, I really enjoyed it actually, and um, I must. Admit, I miss I, that side of the Infinity tournaments definitely. Yeah, yeah it's it's fun, and my I have no expectations of what will happen when I go to forty k tournament. That probably ha- helps because I'm not going there thinking I really want to do well. I'm just interested in playing more of the game because um, I, I definitely feel like I'm at, still at the level where a lot of stuff's new to me. So I'm not at all thinking about, you know, where am I going to place? I'm just like excited to see what this new army I'm facing. Like I faced um, Grey Knights for the first time because we went there and, you know, because there's so many armies of 40k and so many like yeah, there are. sub-factions as well within every codex. It's like, I, I, and I, I've never played Grey Knights uh, in a new edition. I was like, oh, great. I get to play against them and find out what they do. I, okay, I kind of knew they would do psychics, but <laughs> but you know what exactly? <laughs> um, you know, yeah. um, it was it was good fun. And um, actually, that was one of the best games actually at the, the event. Um, yeah, so I mean, Factorum is a really good venue as well. Uh, if anyone's listening, that's well worth going to. They sell out quite a lot of big events, two day events normally at the moment. Um, so I'm hoping they're going to switch back to those one day events. But <laughs> cause, yeah, they uh, just announced they're going to do quite regular GTs, which annoyingly is going to be two days, and yeah. GT implies competitive event. And it's like mm-hmm. I know all events are competitive. You don't get a casual tournament. But see, I I dis- I disagree. I I think it's very much like, how competitive are you? If you're happy to go there and just play games, yeah. it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. You know, I think I think the majority of people go to those tournaments just wanted to play games, yeah. and there is a top veneer of people that play it competitively to the point they they want to. It's a bit like you know, um, Darren and I and his brother went to that Infinity tournament out in Spain, mm. and they have obviously they put the the dregs the, mm-hmm. the normalos into a separate kind of like tournament, <laughs> and then they have the top tier players play separately. And then the top winner of the bottom tournament, the top winner of the top one end up playing each other in the final game. But it's that same sort of mentality is like you you might end up in your first game at the tournament playing something that's really good or like really hyper competitive and you get stomped. But that should put you in the, yeah. the realms of playing people mm. that have probably the same play style as you. So hopefully if you're just going to play for fun, you end up having a couple of good games and you might end up with an odd, you know, game where you unfortunately have to play someone that's got an overpowered tail force or, you know, nine void weaver harlequins. But you'd hope the majority of people like us don't go out of their way to buy all of those ridiculous models that are probably get, you know, meta hammered after three months. I definitely agree with that. I, f- I feel like the events I've gone to have been local. They've been one day. They've been very shield. And I'm sure there's there's definitely top competitive armies there. But 
I didn't go anywhere near him. I, you know, I can safely say that I was a, like, you know, the phrase weekend warrior. Not if you had the toxicrying down. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you keep him at arm's length. Yeah. He'd be like, I couldn't get anywhere near him with that bloody model. Yeah, exactly. Takes <laughs> <laughs> like, him some... off a table. That'd be it. You should build a, a list with like nine toxicrying. Just see, like, see you place models on this table. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, can you not get within an inch of me? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Screened but, out by one model <laughs> yeah screamed out my mate yeah um but yeah my experience was that he's my heavily converted toxic crime with like 48 inch yeah. tent he has personal space issues yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, i mean my, my experience is very positive basically um i didn't play against um any bad lists that really I, and, and i'm sure they could have but it just was lots of people just have wanted to have some fun uh, I was more than keen just to get my models on the table, get some use out of them after lockdown, um, and um, it it was really good fun. Like I wouldn't go overboard with it, I wouldn't get too competitive, but it's a good way to have a lot of quick games in succession. And that actually one thing I would recommend doing though is if you're going to go get a, get a chess clock because that will make you play very differently and. Um, pretty much the best way to get your game done in the time limit is is that way um but that's a whole nother subject anyway yeah, yeah definitely i recommend them well let's let's look and into it and if anyone tries to play like locally with like an obscene list you could just tell them to get in the seat right? but this is mm-hmm. it like, i'm not playing that i always i always oh <laughs> put it away rewrite your list i always <laughs> share my list with my local opponent well my opponent and um we always talk it through <laughs> make sure that we we think both armies have a, a good shot at having a good game and if there's anything that we're like no that's that's not really cool then we go and adjust it and you know so and i think that's quite important when you're playing casually because otherwise you, there's no point in wasting someone's time and going hey <laughs> yeah it's not a quick game is it that's the thing i mean we, we rattled through a i played a game last night with the town that was about just shy of 700 points and we rattle through it pretty quick and it's like i wish every game was that quick but yeah it's not it's still not a fast game oh, yeah. it's still who, two who, hours who played that game that was myself and dave i went and faced his new space oh, marine yeah. army that he's got nice. yeah really so it was a nice great. nice what the, his space marines yeah yeah have you yeah. seen them yeah i have yeah. yeah the black and red ones yeah yeah they do look great actually it's really good his own little homebrew chapter which is cool and it was yeah it was good fun i mean yeah i'm it was, all for homebrew all for homebrew. indeed yeah it's it was a it was an open war mission and I, I partly screwed myself to be honest with the way I constructed the list, but I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to fill out as many points as I can and see how it gets on. But I, I now learned like, okay, those are trap. Those are trap options. I'm not taking those again. I'll, I'll change how I do things. And so it's still a learning experience, even if it wasn't a match play mission, but. Well, no, it's totally fine. I mean, if anything, I think particularly at a thousand points, I would probably rather play open war um, because secondaries at a thousand points are just stupid, uh, if I'm mm. honest. Um, yeah, so and and there's actually a new exciting way to play as well, isn't it? It's, it's the non melt The Tempest of War. Yeah, yeah, I nearly bought those. Yeah. They're seventeen quid for a deck of cards. So I was like, oh, <laughs> I'll hold off on those for a bit. I'm still waiting on my. I've got a. I've got a. I don't think my wife can hear us about it. <laughs> I've got quite a large order in with Outpost at the moment. I'm still waiting to come into stock. So, way, uh, way, go on. What have you got? It's on the uh, way? two units, two boxes of crisis suits, a crisis commander, and some pathfinders. Uh, I've just realised that a battalion needs three troops, so I'm going to have to get some crew or something as well, or another unit of fire warriors. I, I think crew are cool. 
Yeah, I do them. like crew, but they're not again like the crisis suits. They're not in stock anywhere hmm. because what have you got? Two units of standard fire warriors at the moment. Yeah, which I, I want to put in Devilfish because static fire warriors are one boring and two yeah. not very effective. <laughs> like <laughs> you have to get a squad of breaches. Ruler two, Lee. You'll have to go for breaches. Well, next. yeah, it'll be yeah, it'll be two squads of fire warriors, one of breaches, all in Devilfish. Is is the plan? Nice. But, uh, yeah, we should when, be. When are you getting your Devilfish? uh probably not for a couple of months to be honest so it'll be i think i'll 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 go with what i'm getting now plus the stuff i've got and persevere with a bit of a duff army and then like you know around my birthday i'll get a bit of cash and hopefully i've moved house by then so i can have a bit of a splurge and get a bit more (laughs) such a lovely word (laughs) splurge and on that bombshell i think we can probably end it there so uh I'll, I'll say thanks very much for listening now I'll, I'll, we'll sign out on the usual stuff later you know all, all our socials and that but yeah thank you very much if you've made it this far hopefully uh, it's, it's, it's given you a bit of an insight into what we like about 40k and uh, why it is such a big deal for us and yeah thanks very much say bye guys bye see you later Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Average Gamers Podcast. Just a little reminder about our social channels. You can find us on Instagram, The Average Gamers. Facebook, we're facebook.com forward slash Average Gamers Podcast. Twitter, we are at Average underscore Gamers. You can also send us an old-fashioned email at averagegamerspod at gmail.com. And of course, you can head to our website where we are now hosted for all the rest of our audio. If you wish to subscribe, you can head to www.average-gamers.co.uk. See you on the next one.